Welcome, Impactful Parents. It's time for the Impactful Parenting Podcast, where I give you parenting tips and resources to make you a more impactful parent to your school-age child. I am your host, Christina Campos. Welcome, parents. Today's episode was recorded on Clubhouse. What is Clubhouse? Clubhouse is a free audio social media app. I host rooms every single week on Clubhouse, and each room has a different parenting topic. So if you'd like to join the conversation next time, please download the app and find me at social media Clubhouse handle Impactful Parent. Come join our conversation, sit and listen to the audience, or raise your hand and become a part of the show. Until then, I hope you enjoy this special episode. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Amigos Club. And Hello to my two moderators here, Dolly and Rodrigo. We are um, here every Friday giving you the best parenting advice on the Amigos Club. And today is no exception as we're going to be talking about pushy and intrusive in-laws that are driving you crazy. Um, So I went and did just a little bit of tiny bit of research. And of course, the Google machine has different kinds of bad in-laws that you can encounter. So we're going to go through some of those in-laws to see if we have any of those. How do we deal with that and um, the influence that those people cause in our lives? Because, you know, in-laws are a big deal. I feel like they they don't get talked about a lot and it definitely affects your parenting. I mean, just like definitely how you have to navigate – not stepping on someone else's toes and then finally deciding maybe you should just step on their toes because they're stepping too much onto your toes and oh my goodness. And when it's an in-law and not your own parents, I don't know. It just, it's so much harder. I feel like I could talk to like my parents personally and say, Hey, this is bugging me. Step off. But if it comes to an in-law, it's harder to speak up for me at least like to say something to because it's not my parent and I think I don't think I'm alone in that sentiment um so I just want to start off the room just generally speaking like hey moderators any of you guys um do you have a tricky in-law and I'll say that I I do I have one that I um It's been a very gentle relationship for many, many years now, and it still continues. Even though I'm divorced, um, I still, you know, they're still my in-laws and they're still around for all the, you know, birthday parties and big family functions. And luckily I don't have to like go spend too much time on that side of the family anymore. But uh, at the same time, you know, they are still part of the family and I still have to deal with that. So I definitely have, will be able to relate to a lot of this conversation today. What about you, Dolly? Do you have good in-laws? Yeah, I love my mother-in-law, but she's like everybody else, right? She's got some annoying things. And I know that some of them, um, some of the things that she does come from a, a very good place. But she just sometimes, you know, either wants to overstep or, you know, something. Or sometimes she might say something that sounds more critical than anything. And um, yeah, I've had to have some loving and hard conversations with her. So, yeah, I think it's very common that every, because, you know, we're, not everybody's the same and you have to kind of, just like when you get married, right, you got to get used to that new partner and their, all of their little quirks and things. So, yeah, this is going to be a great conversation. Thank you. Nope, Christina. All my in-laws love me. Never had a problem. (laughs) 
I never, I never, Rodrigo. They have any issues with you? No, I, I, I know that sounds real flowers, right to myself. But no, I, you know, I never really experienced any beef with my in-laws. Uh, in fact, I'll even say this much: um, with, uh, uh, with, with, with Rodrigo's mom, I, I, we did get married, and we, you know, and all that stuff. And then when we got a divorce, I remember picking up my son, uh, my oldest. I remember picking up, uh, picking him up a few times from his grandparents' house, and uh, I remember meeting up with my father-in-law. And uh, my father-in-law one time actually came out and he hugged me. He hugged me and he said, I'm really happy that you're still in Spanish. He only spoke Spanish. But he said, I'm really happy that you're still here picking up Rodrigo. And I'm sorry for what happened. And it was probably one of the most kindest things that he could have done. Because I, I was, this was all new to me. We had gotten divorced. I was, you know, we were, we were still in our, you know, knocking heads phase. Uh, um, but, but I felt like though there, 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 her family was going to hate me. Like she had her own narrative, very strong narrative. And she was out telling everybody what she thought and this and that, but her, her dad until lesser extent, her mom, you know, but her dad, uh, was disappointed that we broke up, but he was actually very understanding. And, uh, and, uh, I'll, I'll never forget that kindness that he showed me because it really helped me uh feel less at ease feel more at ease picking up my son when i did especially during that tumultuous time but uh but no no i've i've, I've really never had any problems with in-laws uh butting in or anything like that I, i'll say this i feel like my parents have been kind of crazy in-laws at times because my parents have uh, uh kind of uh expressed themselves maybe in a way that it was pretty kind of ignorant and especially when I, when my partner, uh, uh, when I had a partner that was, uh, um, that she, she's black. And so we would come over and, and my dad just thought of it in a way that it was very, I hate to say it, but to him, it was very exotic, you know what I'm saying? And it was, it was terrible, but, uh, but he learned, he learned. And so, so I think if anything, I could probably speak on that perspective, but, uh, no, I'm very lovable, Christina. Uh, well today there's actually six that I looked up online. This is coming from an article by Family Feud. Um, and so you could Google the same. And they came up with six toxic in-laws. And I just thought that was interesting. And the first one that they mentioned is the no boundaries in-law. So this in-law comes to your house unannounced all the time. Um, they just bring everything over. Uh, the kids really uh, want to see, you know, want to see you and they want to see them right now and they just come and this can be really annoying to a lot of people because there's no boundaries there on when they can come over there's no boundaries on what they're going to say there's no boundaries like sometimes they want to come over and and just take over everything once they get into your house and you know they don't want to abide by your rules they want to do their own rules or it's this no boundaries in-law can drive you crazy um, I know that the in-law that I have that, um, that with this issue doesn't come over all the time. I don't know. That's not an issue, but there is still a little no boundaries issue there. Um, so not completely. And do I have a no boundaries in-law, but I do have somebody who doesn't, 
yeah, doesn't like to respect some other people's boundaries at time to time. I don't know. What do you guys do? Anybody in the audience, if you want to raise your hand, come on up. Tell us about your crazy in-law. We'd love to hear it and what you do about it. Do you guys know a good person like this? So, yeah, you, um, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'll make mine short. So I'm actually going through something with my mother-in-law right now. And like I said, I love her. We have a really good relationship. And I think that because of that, we have been able to overcome those moments when she tries to overstep. But recently, my my daughter was supposed to go to California with my other daughter. Both of them were supposed to go together for three weeks. But one of them didn't meet the end of her deal. And it was great. And she didn't do so well. She got D's and some C's, which is very unlike her. She just had a crazy year. And as much as it hurt me, I said, I'm sorry, I got to follow through. You're not going. So she's like, fine, whatever. She goes over to her grandma's, gives a sob story. And grandma comes back and she's, she's always telling me like, you got to follow through. You got to be strict when, when it comes to, you know, following, you know, uh, doing what you're going to say. Otherwise, you know, this is going to happen. And, and she was a very, very strict. She was way stricter than I was raising my husband. And um, then she came over. No, she she came over and spoke with me. And she was like, hey, you got to show her that you trust her and that, you know, this and that. And she, I know she meant well. But then um, she, she brought up the flight and she said, well, how much is it? And I'm like, well, you know, it's not about that. It's about she didn't hold up her end of the deal and she needs to learn. And grades are a huge deal. That's like the number one thing here, if anything. Just do your best, you know, do your best. And that was not her best. And um, she, um, she's, she said, well, I think maybe later on during the summer, you should take take her, you know, or send her. And I said, no, you know, she, she lost it. She knew it was, this was big. And she, she knew this whole year, you know. So then she calls my husband, same thing. And she's like, can you believe that Dolly's not going to send her? I think she's being too strict. And I'm like, comes from the woman who says, you got to be stricter. And then the following day, she calls again. She called like five times that week. And she even called an airline and found a, a flight that was cheaper than what I'd found originally. Um, and so it really bothered me because I was like, wait a minute, you're not respecting. I already told you she's not going because this was a deal and I have to, I, I'm going to follow through because this is a big grades is huge. Um, and there was other stuff that happened too, not just grades, but uh, it wasn't one of those things where I can just overlook it. And so I recently I was like, hey, um, I need to talk to you, but I want to talk to you in person. And she was like, oh, is everything okay? I said, well, you know, this is something that um, I think I should address, but in person. So are you available? And so we're, we're scheduled to, to meet up this weekend and talk. But I, I wouldn't be able to do that if we didn't have that good relationship. And we've had some really tough, tough things to deal with. And we've been able to always talk about it in person not on the phone or not via text. That's just horrible because things can be misread or misconstrued. And yeah, but I know that it came from a good place because, you know, my daughter's over there saying, woe is me, pulling out her teeny tiny violin and telling grandma how horrible it is that her mom won't let her go see her family in California and her friends. So that's how I'm dealing with that. Oh, that's tough. That's nothing like what I was going to say right now. Oh, damn. <laughs> Don't get me nervous go now. Go ahead and take it away, Christina. Talk about that issue instead. 
<laughs> I was more thinking, okay, well, at least Dolly's going to talk to her about it because sometimes this is too hard to talk to in-laws like that. I mean, it really depends on the personality of the person you're trying to have that conflict with, right? I mean, <laughs> how you approach different things. But at least you're talking about it and having that good relationship. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, and I have to be very, very careful with, like, las palabras que uso because she's a tough lady. She's She's, uh, I would say she's delicada, you know, like very delicate. Like you, sometimes she misconstrues things very easily. So I've learned, I'm like, wait, 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 you know, this is coming from a, you know, don't be offended, but this is what I mean. So forgive me if I said it wrong. Or So I have to do that, which can be exhausting. But I know she means well, and she's just such a wonderful woman. She just, you know, como otra gente, like some people are a little difficult when it comes to certain things. So I just keep that in mind. Yeah, that is true. And because sometimes when you got to know boundaries in law, it's not necessarily that they're trying to be mean. They Some of them want so much love and attention from their family that they just don't see beyond the needs of themselves to recognize that, oh, maybe I should come over and give a call first, or maybe I should not mention how I would do something instead, or how will that make it feel if I if I made that suggestion? Like, they just don't think about it. And it's not that they're being mean, they just don't have the foresight and a guess to, to see how somebody else might react to certain things. Uh, but their intentions are good sometimes with some of these kinds of in-laws. <laughs> it's just hard. And one thing you said, Dolly, it's exhausting. It doesn't matter which kind of these in-laws you're having trouble with. And we've only did one so far. If you just enter the room, the no boundary in-law. Uh, but all of these are exhausting to deal with. Every single one of them. It just, oh, I'm, it, yeah, I'm tired just even thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, it is. And you know what? We got to keep in mind that we, to them, might have something exhausting as well. You know, we never see ourselves as the exhausting people. But we have our own things, too, that are just not diving with others, and they just do the best that they can to deal with us. Yes. And now the second kind of in-law that sometimes could drive people crazy, and I'm thinking Rodrigo has one of these in his family. It may not be an in-law, but it's the oversharing in-law. And this is the in-law that likes to tell you all the or tell about all your intimate details to the person that you love. So <laughs> you're hearing it all, all about if you're a woman and you're hearing all about your partner or the other way around, it doesn't matter, but it's that oversharing there or they're in your, um, they're in your business. They want to know everything that's going on because they just have to know everything. So it's this oversharing all the information and sometimes it's inappropriate how it gets shared. So I don't know. Why do you go? Do you have one of those? Anybody in your family like that? No, I, I, again, not going to, not going to lie and say that I do. I, I really don't have anybody that's an overshare. If anything, again, I, I think a lot of uh, the quirks that maybe my family experienced was just ignorance. It really was just ignorance. You know, my mom and my dad, uh, I mean, their whole lives, they've been around Mexican folks, you know, so when you expose them even to different Latinos, let alone different cultures, different folks, for, you know, or racially, ethnically, and, you know, nationally uh, different, you know, they're just, they're just ignorant, you know, and I don't mean that in a negative way or I'm putting them down, they just don't know, you know, and so it leads to a little bit of clash, it, it leads to some clashes, 
when they may say something out of pocket or something that they feel is okay, you know, within their frame and their lens, but they don't realize like, Hey, I'm actually, that's not cool. You know, uh, pro- probably one of the, you know, one of the things is my dad, you know, says something one time describing my, my, my partner at the time. And, and he used the word that she wasn't comfortable with, but he felt like, Oh, we say it all the time, you know, this and that. And she's, you know, she said, Oh yeah, that's not, you know, no, I don't like it. You know, and, and, and I explained to my dad later, and of course my dad was still stubborn, but he eventually said, yeah, okay, I'm not going to use it. So if anything, yeah, they, they shared their ignorance at times, but my parents were willing to kind of adjust. So I, I'll grant them that. And I, I appreciate them for doing that. In my family, there's a lot of, there's no in between with the, the oversharing type of in-law for my family. It's, <laughs> It's either they want to share everything, all the details, ugly and embarrassing, and everybody has to know what's going on in everybody's life, or it's don't talk about Bruno. And um, we have a, have one of those too. I have a Bruno in the family that we don't talk about. I'm not his name isn't really Bruno, but you know we have one of those too, where we just can't say can't even mention this or like a person or ask about him and just, or, or about certain situations. You just don't, cause you know, it's just going to cause conflict and there's not a really a lot of in between. And I don't know if that's just the culture of my particular family or my, that's a more of a Hispanic culture thing, or I don't know where we're getting that from, but it's kind of the reality. I think it's a, yeah. I, I don't think it's cultural or anything. I think it's in every family and it's all because people are just trying to, save an argument because I guess those controversial people can really hit nerves, you know, on different people. Um, cause that we, I have that in my family. Um, there's a certain, certain individuals that we just don't bring up. We just don't want to discuss them because of whatever reasons. And, and I think it's very common. I've, I've seen that in many families. Yeah, I think it is common. And it brings me to the third type of in-law too, because a third type of in-law is the overly sensitive in-law that gets their feelings hurt over everything. And an example of it would be like, if you know, you go on a, a big family vacation with one side of the family, then the sensitive in-law who wasn't invited because they were on the other side of the family are like, hey, when are we going to go on our big, big vacation together? Um, that kind of thing where they just, they're pretty sensitive in general. You don't want to say the wrong thing to them because then they're going to get their feelings hurt and take it personally. Um, I find that overly sensitive people see the world in like, like loss. There's a lot of the glass is half empty kind of mentality where there's so much, there's a lot of focus to what they don't have or what they're missing out on a lot of FOMO. Um, But that's just a generalization from my own personal experiences um and this type of in-law it just could be really difficult and have you want to pull your hair out too because oh i what if i say the wrong thing and then it becomes a big deal and then that becomes exhausting because now you're trying to resolve a conflict that wasn't even a conflict you just said it wrong and hurt somebody's feelings or or whatever it is that it might be but i know even though my family from my personal experience is we don't have a lot of very sensitive people However, there is that particular sensitive subject that maybe we have to avoid, um, which, you know, that kind of goes back to my 
<laughs> we don't talk about Bruno person on my family. <laughs> or, um, and there is a little bit of that jealousy from one side of the family to the other where that, you know, oh yeah, you did that with that side of the family. Well, what about us? Are you going to do it with our side of the family now? And I think that there is that pressure. So that's a really good topic, Christina, because um, that happened in my family where I noticed, um, so I've always, for the most part, lived away from my family since I left um, to the army right after high school. And I remember so many moments where my my sisters, and they're all younger than me, they would always ask like, so are you coming for Christmas? And I was like, oh, well, I can't this year because of whatever, right? And they're like, oh, um, it feels like you're always just spending time with your in-laws because you're over there and like, like you really don't make an effort. And um, we had to kind of dissect like, okay, where is this coming from? And come to find out, I mean, this was many years, I mean, many years later after I left, um, they felt like I had abandoned them. And that was shocking to me because I was the, I was the oldest. I didn't really think that they cared because we were all teenagers. Um, and so we had to have that discussion and it's like, Hey, when I don't go over to, to California to spend time with you, it's not because I don't want to, it's because, you know, uh, either I have something going on or the money is not there or, you know, something school. And, um, it was hard for them to understand it until they began to have their own families. And then they experienced the same thing. I mean, every single one of them, and it's six of us, right? So every single one of my siblings eventually experienced that whole like, hey, you know, spend this holiday with me, not with the other family or whatever. So I think it's really common. And um, if it's happening, I just recommend like find out where that's coming from, what insecurity is there, because I would have never imagined that they felt like their big sister abandoned them. I just thought I was doing my own thing. They were teens, they were doing their own thing. They didn't care. I mean, they rarely <laughs> wrote to me. Uh, not that communication was as easy as it is today. I mean, today we have email and, um, you know, cell phones. We can FaceTime. We can do FaceTime through um, Instagram or WhatsApp or so many, you know, tools. And back then it was snail mail. And I remember I got my first email when I was in South Korea because it was recommended because this new thing called the internet was going to become huge. So <laughs> that's how I got my first email address because I wanted to communicate with them. But even then they didn't have the resources. They didn't have a computer at home. And so I was like, wow, that's crazy because all these arguments about why are you spending so much time there with them and not with us came from that, that whole sense of abandonment. Rodrigo, what about you? Anything? No, again, wow, I am really not contributing at all because I really can't see, I can't remember a time when that occurred, uh, whether with my in-laws or my parents' in-laws. Yeah, yeah, you don't have a very jealous family. That's awesome. Well, well, I, I will say this. My, my dad is a jealous person, very jealous, but he's never manifested it in that way. So I think it's, it's, a, it, it's really an interesting kind of dynamic that my dad has had because in his sense, he just wants to be seen as the best in-law. So maybe that played into his, uh, uh, of him kind of reframing his jealousy in a way that wasn't that apparent during those times. But no, I, I can't really say that I, I ever experienced that like the way that you or Dahlia. 
Well, maybe this one, because the fourth one is the control freak in-law. But I can maybe not with you because uh, sounds like your in-laws are awesome and that maybe your even your parents too uh, have been have been great. But the control freak in-law is that in-law that just is worried about everything and wants to uh, control everything that's that they can, um, whether it's birthdays and vacations and when they're happening and how they look. And sometimes it's the safety of your kids. And um, oh, my goodness, this I feel like um, the control freak in-law comes out a lot more when you have really tiny babies and you first have your baby uh you're where everybody has an opinion about what they can eat and uh what's gonna help them when they have the cold the best and everybody's opinion about how you should burp your baby how you should hold your baby over your shoulder certain ways um all those things uh that work for them that they they need to come out and tell you and I feel like even in our Hispanic culture, I don't know, maybe it was just my family. I'm going to hopefully say that it's cultural, but there's a lot of that, hey, this is how it's supposed to be done. And it's kind of more telling you what to do with your child, especially in the very beginning, than um, than maybe some other cultures have where, I don't know, but it feels like it to me. I don't know how did you guys feel that way when you had small children. Were you being told how to do everything? Yeah, I, I, I certainly experienced that, but I, I kind of uh, ascribe that to just being a little bit more helpful because, it, uh, you know, growing up, becoming a parent, I, I kind of needed that. I kind of needed that a little bit. My my partner at the time, my ex, uh, we uh, we needed that at the time as well. But once we got the ball rolling, uh, I really do feel as both sets of parents kind of just moved back and said, okay, they got this, um, that, you know. When it comes to that control, I never, I never really experienced it from the in-laws. I certainly did experience it from from my partner at the time, and that's a whole nother story. But I think uh, it's important to kind of set those boundaries, and I think I've done a pretty good job of doing that, and also kind of showing my my parents, my parents especially, uh, because my dad, not to say that he would be a control freak. But he definitely would try to steer things his way or this and that, right? But I made it very crystal clear to my parents, like, hey, I picked her. Okay, this this is, I, I'm, you know, I, I know I'm your, your son, but I, I picked her. She's she's my girl, you know what I'm saying? And, and I'm going to prioritize her and I'm going to value her more. And the words that she says, more than you, okay? This is straight up. And, and, you know, my mom was totally like, ah, pues sí, claro, mijo, of course, son, you know. And my dad, of course, he's like, well, you know, just, just remember, you know, I'm going to be here for you, you know, and this and that. So, you know, it's a different level of acceptance, varying degrees, but they understood, you know, the control was definitely not going to be there. And I appreciated my partners, uh, you know, uh, uh, that I've been with. They, they did the same thing, too. They, they made it very clear, like, hey. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's my man, you know what I'm saying? This is the guy that I want to be with, you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't criticize him. Don't, don't, you know, talk shit about him. Don't do this because it, it, it's, yeah, it's a form of control. A lot of times it is something that they try to put stuff on, you know, on, on me, you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, reflecting back on maybe with my, with Rodrigo's mom's relationship, I remember my parents were giving me warning signs. 
they were telling me this and that. But even then, I stuck to my guns. And I said, no, I've, I've chosen her. It, it, they proved to be right. They proved to be right at the end, you know, the end of the day. And to this day, my, my, my dad still harbors resentment towards Rodrigo's mom. And he will call her every name in the book. And he'll remind me, like, like I told you, she wasn't good, blah, 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 right? But I still made the decision. It was still my decision to make. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that even he even had any control over that. And I think uh, he also respects me for that. So, yeah, there's, you know, it, it happens. Control is definitely something that parents uh, seem to have, you know, and they kind of manifest it in different ways. But it's important to let, you know, our, our, our parents and also our in-laws know what the boundaries are and make sure that our partners feel that we're committed to those boundaries. Yeah, they do think so. And that's kind of leads a good segue into that next kind of in-law, which is the strings attached in-law, according to this Google machine. Um, and the strings attached in-law is how they describe it is people who attach strings to kind deeds. It's like when um, they don't they don't really believe that others will love them unless they they attach something to them. It's it's this bargaining chip. It's it's going to cost you uh, every time they they do something nice for you. Like they're they're holding that um, that favor in their pocket until next time. So um, the doctor that wrote this article said that somewhere along the line that kind of in law, that kind of person, they learn that bribery might s sustain a relationship. So they try to do that throughout their time. So if you have an in law, and my, I think the easiest example might be you really, really need a babysitter. So you ask your in law to, to come over and babysit for you. But because you just asked them for a favor now, now there's something held over you because they did you a good deed. And so it, it perpetuates the relationship for the um, the other person, but it could be really exhausting and troublesome in the relationship of having an in-law that that it, it does this type of thing to you because you want to ask your in-laws for a help. You want to ask parents for help so much, especially in the beginning, of course, when you need babysitters and you don't know what's going on, just like Rodrigo was talking about earlier, um, getting you know those advices and stuff. And now you have this um, strings attached in-law, though, that you ask them for help, and now you're going to owe them. And the next time it comes around, you're going to have to pay them back for whatever that is that they did for you. So I don't really have this kind of person in my family that I can think of. Um, I think everybody is a little bit like this, has a little bit of this kind of person inside them. And But we all have it in varying degrees. Some of them may be a little small, some of us really big. But... I can't think of this being a problem in my personal family. What about you guys? Anybody out there? So I, this is not something that happens in my family, but there's a friend, a very close friend of mine who has experienced this. And I remember noticing it and I feel so bad because her mom uh, would, she had three kids and um, with three daughters. And she would say, oh, this is my favorite son-in-law depending on what those son-in-laws had done for her at the time. And then she would reciprocate just as intensely. So say if one son-in-law had come over and just cut her grass, then she would do something of equal value or that she thought was equal value. And she would brag and brag and brag about how that was her favorite son-in-law. And then the other son-in-law would, you know, maybe do something 
you know, like for Mother's Day, say he sent her a bouquet of roses and she would like post on social media and look how much he loves me, and then this is my favorite son-in-law now, <laughs> like, oh my God. And you could tell it bothered my friend. Um, and uh, having a discussion with her husband, he was like, yeah, it just, something doesn't feel right. He couldn't pinpoint what it was. And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> I saw it. I didn't say anything. It was none of my business. But just observing that, I was like, holy cow, I wonder how many in-laws do this. Because I think she also had like some sort of codependency where she had to like um, feel like she was needed. So she would do something so that they would go to her to ask for favors when they needed something. And then she felt like, you know, her her fulfillment, like it was accomplished. So it was really interesting to watch. And thank goodness, like I haven't experienced that. But um, I think that the the spouses you know um like the couples need to just support one another when this stuff like that is happening because she had to have that hard conversation with her husband about hey it's time to set boundaries because this is happening and yeah it was really interesting you rodrigo anything do you have any of these uh, kind of in-laws no 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 <laughs> I just wanted to ask you so you could say, no, no, I'm yeah. good. <laughs> I'm good. No, That's his, good. his favorite word today. <laughs> yeah, I'm very surprised by my repeated use of the word nope. Yeah. I know. Uh, I mean, I think. This is the closest I've ever been in, in a, I'm sorry, go ahead. Rooms. <laughs> I, I, I know. It's just, uh, you know, I, I think one of the key things for me that has worked when it comes to in-laws in my relationships and with uh with being you know uh, just having you know relationships throughout my lifetime it's just clear expectations and boundary setting i'm i'm very firm on that and i i've made it very i've i've always made it crystal clear what the rules of engagement are and i think there's a kind of a comfort there in kind of setting the table and making sure that there's no surprises after that and so I, I've been I've been blessed that I've been able to have that, even when I feel that maybe my in-laws would be problematic. For 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 example, with Rodrigo's mom, uh, his grandma, uh, my 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 ex's mom, uh, she was tough. She was very tough, but to to her credit, to my ex's credit, she made it very clear. She says like, "Hey, I, you know, we're we're together. We're we're this is us. You know, we're." I don't want you to butt into our lives and blah, 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 blah. You know, uh, uh, I appreciate it when she did that. I, I told her, I said, like, man, thanks. You know, and, and it, it said, it, it, you know, I we I could tell that her mom, you know, was kind of like, mm, like mumbling and probably gritted her teeth. But at least it set the table and it was very firm and very direct. So I appreciated that. And uh, I would even say that I use that as kind of a model to make sure that I, I set those boundaries. I think it's awesome. I just give it you a hard time because it's so wonderful to hear that you don't have any issues in this realm and it's, and it's great. And yeah, I think it's good. So, um, but I'm going to still pick on you because we're still going to do number six. Of <laughs> course. <laughs> Maybe you have this one. No, um, I'm sure you don't, but it's, it's called the fundamentalist in-law and basically how they describe this kind of in-law that's 
is that they're they were raised differently than you and they have very strong and different beliefs than what you do and it could be religious beliefs like fundamental stuff political beliefs um but either way as a as a recipient of this in-law you basically spend a lot of your time feeling judged or damned or insulted or dismissed because you don't have the same kind of core some some of the core values that the in-law has so you know you're always getting that sly eye and i will say that i think this one does run in my family probably we are really opinionated people we're always right every single one of us <laughs> so um whether i don't think it's as deep-seated rooted as as this uh as this particular fundamentalism law they're trying to say is in my family but um definitely see shadows of this type of personality <laughs> all, all rampant rampant all over my my dad my brother everybody we're all like this my grandparents we also hold grudges oh my gosh they um in in my family the especially my my mom's side of the family they're they're matas <laughs> um and i don't know why but i feel like my mata family they hold grudges really really bad you don't cross them because it's going to take a long time for them to forgive you years years they'll hold things against you <laughs> um until they die so we have that too <laughs> what about you guys yeah i again uh, you know, when when it comes to that kind of a fundamentalism and people doing things that the way, you know, they grew up and whatnot, I, I think it is important to to realize that a lot of our folks, uh, especially like my parents, you know, they, they were raised in a very uh, one. I mean, I, this sounds terrible, but in a very one dimensional way, you know, there there was no therapy back then for my mom or my dad. There was no talking things out. There was, uh, you know, very, very structured, very patriarchal uh, kind of methods used, right? And so, you know, coming into here and then me becoming a parent and me having relationships, uh, it, it didn't work. You know, my, my parents, they kind of realized like, oh, shit, this guy's going to do his own thing. So, you know, my, my parents, as much as they tried to impose kind of their will and what they thought was appropriate, uh, you know, yeah, it, it didn't work. And I think they realized when I, uh, when I, I got my divorce, my, my dad was very much against me getting married, but once I got married, he was very much against me getting divorced. And, uh, no, I, I fucking packed up and left, you know, three years into it. I was like, fuck this, you know? And, 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 and I just wasn't something that I was going to do. You know, I wasn't going to travel the same path that my mom did, you know, 35 years married. And then I come to find out that she wasn't even happy at the end. You know, nah, man, that, that's, that was not going to be my life. So when I, I did that, I know that that kind of shook everybody. And, and I understand that. And then, and then when I had my, my second son, you know, now I have two boys and two moms. And my parents are like, what the fuck are you doing? I think they just kind of set the tone like, you know what, whatever we went through is not applicable to this guy. He's going to do his own thing. And it's been that way since, you know, and and I think when it comes to having those fundamentals, uh, you know, obviously good, good fundamentals, right? There's good ones and there's bad ones. But when it comes down to that, you know, strict 
adhering to what I learned. I think my parents kind of knew that. I really, I got to give them kind of uh, their credit there that they kind of knew that I wasn't meant to be the same as they they were. And uh, in one way or the other, whether or not they respected it, they had to acknowledge it at least. That's awesome. That's great that they did that for you. I, oh, I was the first person in my family to get divorced too. And that was, that was shocking for them. They just did not understand like how I could get a divorce. Um, they were never opposed to my marriage to begin with, but that they, they were just like, no, no, you don't, once you're married, that's it. Like, you know, you don't get divorced. We don't get divorced. And that was hard to tell them. I still, still difficult, I guess, in some ways. Cause yeah, I mean, they're just very Catholic. Then they asked me to, you know, maybe I should get it emancipated. And I was like, oh, that doesn't seem right either. <laughs> I don't know. I just know. And now they've accepted it and it's fine and it's okay. It became a norm, but treading the path and being the first to be the family in the family to get divorced was not a very happy, great thing. And I definitely got looked down on it. Definitely got the, the side eye, that, that side crazy eye that people give you, <laughs> that judgy look. So I, I, um, I totally understand that, Christina. <laughs> I got the same treatment myself. Um, you know, and, and to, to, to add a little bit more context, I, I was I was supposed to be the success, you know, in every facet of my life, I was supposed to be the successful one. You know, I I was uh, uh, scholastically, I was I was really good. I got the scholarships. I had the lead. I, you know, what was considered a, you know, like, oh my God, this guy's great, you know, blah, 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 da, da, da. And, and my parents framed it with my divorce, you know, like, wow, you're fucking this up really bad. You know, and, and for a young man like that, you know, I, I, that really did, it, it did impact me, you know, but, but still, I, I, I didn't care. I, I didn't want to live the life that my parents lived. And unfortunately, with Rodrigo's mom, I, I ended up marrying somebody who was very much uh, like my dad. And uh, and I'm not, I don't want to go into a whole other uh, uh, tangent. We could probably have that as another group for us. But but at the end of the day, it was, it was about me making my own choice. And my my parents, they realized that. And, and I think even my in-laws realized that. Uh, again, referring back to my my father-in-law at the time, uh, he, he's he's always been super respectful to me. Every time we see each other, it's always a great handshake. Uh, uh, there's no animosity from him. If anything, that man has been nothing but kind to me and has appreciated me because I, I, I certainly didn't abandon Rodrigo. I've always been there for my boys. And I think for him, that was probably the most important thing because he, he probably understood like, yeah, my daughter is a bit of a hothead or you know whatever. But he's like, just, you know, I, I just want you to be here for Rodrigo. And I was. And I think as from father to father, he probably respected that and appreciated that and holds me in high regard. Because even through all the kind of pain that his daughter put me through, I, I still persevered. And, and to this day, you know, I, I have a fantastic relationship with Rodrigo. The last time that I saw my, my ex-father-in-law was probably about four years ago about no 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 when my son graduated from high school uh, i saw him there so it was about three years ago and when i saw him uh again he shook my hand and he gave me a hug and he was the only member from that entire family 
because I, I went with my family and you know she went with her family uh they they get you know most of the everybody gave me kind of like the, the the nod you know that nod christina that kind of like yeah I'm gonna oh i know the nod <laughs> <laughs> that nod like like yeah i see you i don't want to fucking say hi but i see you so i'm acknowledging the nod but uh but not him he he actually came walked up a little bit and, and uh and patted my back and said in broken english but he said I, i'm so happy to see you here thank you for coming and thank you for being a part of rodrigo uh being successful and he shook my hand firm handshake give me a hug and um that, that was super kind of him you know i i know that he probably gets shitted on at home you know what i'm saying because he he's preferring to act in kindness rather than pet rather than pettiness but i respect that man so much for for being able to just walk out on his own and acknowledge that like I said, I have a, a father-in-law that uh, he helps me, and I am so grateful for him. Um, helps me more than my own my own dad does with my kids, and so I appreciate him a lot, a lot, a lot. And I, it's been uh, a little unusual now that I'm divorced and we have such a good relationship still, um, that I invite him to my side of the family thinks because now you know now that i'm divorced things are divided there's you know his birthday parties and my birthday parties and his christmas days and my christmas days and my kids have to go back and forth or switch or whatever um but i tend to still invite my ex-father-in-law to the majority of my my family events because to me he's still very much part of my family so he gets invited and my kids know that he's on the other side of the family, but that he just comes and spends time with us because they, they see the relationship I have with him um, versus the other side of the family in general. It's It's been interesting though to go through it. And I know my ex-husband probably thought it was very, very weird in the beginning because it was weird to still maintain that good relationship with him. <laughs> When when everything else is falling apart, it, it did feel weird. But well, it's, I, I it's because it. people feel like they have to take sides, right, Christina? Yeah, they do, and it and I know it's not the norm, and I know it should. You know, the norm is that yeah, yeah, his parents should hate me, and because we're getting a divorce and things, and but that's no, no, it was never like that with this with my ex father in law, and so very grateful yeah. for him. <laughs> yeah, no, but but yeah, that's that's the way people kind of see things, you know. And and unfortunately, that that's how that's how we've been conditioned to act. You know, we're conditioned to act as if you know, hey, once you become exes, you're supposed to hate that person. You're supposed to uh, not acknowledge the good times that y'all did have. Uh, you're supposed to side with your family member, regardless if they're wrong. <laughs> it's like there's so much built in to that whole dynamic that I think uh, it, it's 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 hard to break. It's really hard to break. But examples like, you know, your father, your ex father in law and my ex father in law, you know, that's really what kind of sets the sets the, uh, the tone, you know, hopefully for others to kind of like, hey, you know what? OK, we we had our season, we broke up, but now it's you know, now, you know, let's move forward. And that doesn't mean that we always have to be in a negative space or a negative light, uh, you know, uh, not to say that it doesn't happen. Uh, you know, I, I certainly 
Uh, I think everybody knows this, but I, I certainly do not communicate with Rodrigo's mom. I have no business to communicate with her, but I would never talk negatively of her to my sons or to, to everybody. You know what I'm saying? I, I speak very matter of factly. I'm, I'm going to acknowledge what happens, but I don't need to bash her. I don't want to bash her. In fact, I, I just want her to, you know, live her life and I'll live my life and we're good to go. You know, and we do share a beautiful son that I love and I hope she, and I know she loves him, too. Uh, but but there's no need to be negative and all that stuff. So I'm glad to hear that your your ex father in law uh, does help you and is you know there and you know doesn't fall prey to this whole mindset that we have to pick sides. Yeah, and um, you know I was looking at the chat and Miss Romolini she had brought up a, an interesting question. She said, um, "Do in laws ever really accept you as family?" And what I find really interesting about this question is. You know, I I really do accept my ex father in law as my family, and even though we're divorced, but it took a years to get there. And I've known this man since I was 18 years old, so it's uh, it's not like I've only known him for five years and whatever. Like I've been, I'm for those of you who don't know, I'm almost 46, and I've known him when I was 18. So years I've been around this guy, um, and it wasn't always like that. Having said that. There is that dynamic where typically, I feel like that's an atypical situation because as we, Rodrigo and I were talking about, when you get a divorce, typically you lose the other family and there's that pressure to pick sides. And I feel like that's not only is that the norm, but um, it's one of the sad things about divorce. A lot of times is, you know, you're, you're losing those family members because they feel like they do have to pick and that they can't talk to and be close friends. And, and then if they do, they get the side eye from people that, Oh, you're still talking to so-and-so or hanging out with so-and-so. And it's just so frowned upon. And because that those, I don't know, it's not a value, but belief system is so ingrained in people that, okay. Yeah. If you're a divorce, I can't be your friend anymore. That, yeah, I would agree that for the majority, I don't know if they really ever accept you as family because those beliefs are so ingrained so deeply. Just so sad. I hate to say that out loud. And the situation with my in-law is just, you know, the anomaly. But I don't think that's normal. No, it's not. It's not. And again, it just goes back to kind of ingrained conditioning that we have as as people. You know, we we just... We're supposed to not like our exes, you know what I'm saying? And, and we're, we're conditioned that way. Yep. I'm going to invite Jessica because she just wanted to raise her hand, say hello to Jessica and see what she has to say. And then we're almost at the top of the hour, so we're going to be closing out our room soon. But hey, Jessica, I always like to hear what Jessica has to say. So what's up? I mean, I can't stand my in-laws. They're just horrible people. So with with having children, it it does get complicated because I think sometimes, you know, those are family members and you want to make sure that like you're providing access to them um, to a certain extent and they are family. But at the same time, I, I think for me, when it comes to my in-laws is that like, they just never had anything nice to say about me and the way that they treated me in front of my children was really hard because I, I, 
I experienced the same thing with my mom and like my dad's side of the family. Um, so now they don't have any access to us, which I think is hard for my husband because he is like, comes from that like old school, traditional Mexican background where like family is everything and you don't give up your family. And I think he was expecting that from me, but I'm like the opposite where if like family hurts you continuously and they're abusive, then they're out. Oh man, that, that's, that's tough. Uh, and it's, it's not something that's not uh, uncommon, uh, but, but eventually again, and I want to reiterate this, that's why it's so important that we as parents, as, as, as whether we're co-parents or we're parents living together or whatever type of dynamic you have, that we, we definitely set the boundaries, that we set those expectations and that we, we make it very clear, hey, this is what's going on. This is what's going to happen. And here's how it's going to go. Because what we do deserve in all of our families is the right for family autonomy. Right. We, you know, uh, I know for, uh, I'll speak for myself when I w am with a partner, I've, I've chosen that partner. That's my partner uh, with uh, with her kids and my kids and our blended family and this and that. We, we have a right to run our family the way we want to run. them. We, we don't need all this, uh, you know, other stuff that goes on. It sucks. Right. Because it still happens. But when we set our foot down and, and again, it takes both partners to do that. It can't just be one partner that is vocalizing this and saying this and saying that. And it also can't be one partner that allows it in the background. You know, that, that's not going to work because uh, the words have meaning. Words have impact, uh, uh, you know, shadiness and pettiness and all this behind the scenes kind of uh, machinations. They, they bleed out. It's not something that's just in the background. No, it, it bleeds to the foreground as well. And your partner notices that. So whenever you, you do make it clear, hey, this is our family. We're going to run our family the way we run and run. Run it. You, may, you set those parameters. And when those parameters are set and if they get crossed, you have to make sure they understand that they've been crossed. And you have to make sure that there is some consequence. I, I mean, I, I'm a firm believer in saying, hey, if you keep doing this shit, this is what's going to happen. I, 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 a better example for me, it would be with my son and my dad. Uh, I've shared this before and, 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 but, but I, my, my dad is having a hard time with my son, you know, uh, uh, being gay and, and, uh, and that's fine. I, I'm not saying like, Hey dad, you gotta show up here and you gotta go film Rodrigo at a gay bar. No, my dad is not going to do that. Okay. <laughs> my dad is probably like, the most stereotypical, most toughest macho guy you will meet. I am not expecting my son to do all the things that I do, but I definitely expect my dad to have respect. And if he can't do that, that's the line. If he crosses that line, I have told him, if you cross that line, I'm not coming to see you. And you're not going to see Rodrigo or Samuel. And that's the bottom line. And he understands that. And so, and so when it comes to relationships with our in-laws, it is so critical that we do that, that we set those lines and that both partners affirm those lines and that both partners are willing to make sure and meet out the consequences for crossing those lines. Because otherwise, you really are still empowering your in-laws. 
if they feel like, hey, I crossed the line and Rodrigo didn't tell me anything, well, fuck it. I'm going to keep crossing the line then. No, you got to set the terms. You got to set the parameters. And if they do cross the line, you have to act out on it. And that's something we always talk about, right, Christina? When we talk about with yeah. our kids, that when we put these lines with our kids, we, 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 we can't back down and say like, oh, okay, you know, no, you, you got to be firm with it and say, hey, I'm just holding you accountable. I'm not holding it against you. I'm just holding you accountable. Yep, that's it. And that united front with your partner, if possible, even if you're divorced, it's nice to have that united front with the in-laws still. Um, if it's possible, and I know it's not possible for everybody, that's always makes it that much easier, and stronger. And that's a great place for us to end today, I think, because that was awesome. I love Rodrigo's advice. I don't have anything to add to that. It was a great. Thank you everyone for being here today. Again, this is a recording that came from Clubhouse. It's a free app to download and you can join me live every week. You can follow me at the handle, the at the impactful parent, and check out all my free rooms that you can come and literally interact with me, ask questions, and become a part of the conversation. But until next time, you got this, parents. I'm just here to help. Thank you for listening today. Remember to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And don't forget, the Impactful Parenting Podcast is an extension of the Impactful Parent community. Go to the Impactful Parent website and download the free Impactful Parent app so you don't miss a parenting tip that can help you and your family. Thanks for listening today. So go to theimpactfulparent.com and see you next episode.